So we kick off a brand new year through the book of Acts. And again, we have some booklets left here. And if you make notes, I challenge you to do that. Um, this is not necessarily a workbook as much as it is being able to track through. And if you fill this book up, hopefully you'll fill it up. We'll be able to just print off some more in-house. These are all done in-house. And, and try not to get them mixed up with the WMU handbook either because they look kind of similar to that. So again, grab your book and we will work through the book of Acts together on this brand new year. And I am hoping that you are excited to start this new journey together in God's Word. I have, uh, I have tried to look at reading and applying God's Word as an adventure. You ever thought about reading God's Word as an adventure? And that way it helps to keep things fresh. Not that God's Word is stale or antiquated or archaic or dusty, None of that, because God's Word is God's Word. It's, it's alive. And sometimes we even use, the, people use the word, God's Word is relevant. As to say that one part of history, God's Word wasn't relevant. God's Word has always been relevant. It has always been fresh. But I like to look at God's Word as I read it as an adventure. Why? Because I believe that the Lord always has something to say to His church through His Word. And it isn't so much that God has something to say to, it, to us as much as it is He has already said it to us. And so I hope and pray that you will count this as an adventure in so much so as you are reading through the book. I, I want you to think of this as a new adventure. It doesn't matter how many times that you have read through the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. It doesn't matter how many times you have read through it. Uh, I want you to look at this as an adventure, and you and I are going to go on this adventure together. We already have the map before us. We already have the map. It's God's Word, but it is up to you and it is up to me how invested we are going to be on this journey. And, uh, and by the way, I would encourage you to read ahead. That way you'll know where we're going next. You'll know exactly where we'll be going next on this adventure. I have subtitled uh, this, uh, this study to be the church. The book of Acts, be the church. And what does it mean to be the church? Now, again, I stress to you, take the book of Acts and open it as we are going on a journey together in history. We're going on an adventure. Now, growing up in the Stevens household, it was always filled with adventure. It seemed like there was always something going on. At least it seemed that way to me. There was always something happening, whether it was good or, or bad, whether it was edifying or not. I always remember that everything in life seemed to be like we were on a journey together as a family. I, I remember the mornings that my father would wake us up to go down to the rock quarries to do a little brim fishing, and we would take our Zebco 33s and our brim busters, and we would throw them in the car, and we would go out looking for fishing worms. We could have easily gone down to the tackle shop and bought a couple containers of, of fish and worms. But what fun is that? 
So what we would do, we had this little place that was beside of a bridge. And if you know anything about Jacksonville, there's this, uh, there's this road called Blue Creek, Blue Creek School Road. I think it's Blue Creek Road. And so if you were to turn down Blue Creek Road, there's a bridge that used to sit right there. And we would go to that bridge, we would park on the side of the road, my father, my brother, and myself, and we would go down inside the, in the woods, and we would go around the, the pine trees, and we would take the pine needles, and we would scrape them to the side, and we would scrape the leaves away that were underneath it, and we would break open the topsoil, and what do you think was under that topsoil? We would go down, we would find our, our fishing worms together. And so it was part of the adventure. It was part of, 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 of just of being together. And, and every time we knew that we were going to spend time with our father, we were super excited to be on this adventure. So think of it like, as that, that we're going to get to, to spend some time together with the Lord of creation as we read his word. And we're going to get to spend some time together one with another and go on this adventure together. That's how I want us to approach the book of Acts, or really any book of the Bible. Uh, we are on an adventure, and God has disclosed something about Himself to us through His Word. He's revealed something about who we are as human beings. And I believe as we read through this book, we'll find something out about ourselves as well. So here's our map, and with our map before us, I'll ask you, if you will, let's stand with our map in our hands, God's Word, we begin reading from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. To be the church, subtitled, A New Beginning. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Acts 1, verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he, has, he was taken up. And after he had given commandments through the Holy Spirit, through the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Father, we ask you that you will speak to us through your word. And God, we know that you have spoken and are speaking with us now because this is your word has been passed to us to cherish, to hold, to handle, to learn by, to be transformed by. So I pray today in this introductory selection of scripture lord you will teach us something about what it means to be the church god where you have brought the church from and where you're taking us new beginnings lord and we pray it in jesus name amen you may be seated so like with any introductory um, selection of scripture we're going to begin our journey with a little bit of context some of the context behind the writing of the book you may be familiar with or you may not, but it's important as we press through the chapters and the verses together to put the context, the backdrop to, uh, to what Luke was writing against in perspective. 
There are many who consider the book of Acts a continuation of the gospel according to Luke. In fact, some refer to this as Luke part part 2, the gospel of Luke part 2. And Luke is writing from Rome and the destination is to one by the name of Theophilus that we see in that first selection of scripture. He is writing to one Theophilus right there in the first the first verse. Now one can think of Theophilus. He doesn't show up very much in Scripture in a couple of places. He is writing to Theophilus, who we can think of him as a publisher of sorts. He is kind of like the one who has commissioned Luke. He is helping to publish Luke's work. And at the same time, he is also making sure that Luke's work in Acts and in the book of Luke, the Gospel according to Luke, is well distributed. He wants to make sure that this work who represents Jesus and now the Acts of the Apostles will be well uh, distributed amongst the known world. And so if Acts is a continuation, what does the content of the book highlight? What is the content therein? So we'll do a little deductive and inductive reading through the book of Acts today with a bit of uh, some, some summary, some outline, some themes that you can look forward to. So think of it like this. In the Gospel of Luke, we are given detailed first, first account, eyewitness accounts of the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. I can imagine Luke knocking on doors and seeing people and having interviews with people, collecting all this data from people who saw Jesus, heard Him speak, and writing this down. Of course, the people who saw the resurrected Lord. And we are given many details concerning the life of Jesus. Now we hold up the book of Acts, which is the Gospel of Luke part 2. The book of Acts is how Jesus affected the early church and how the kingdom of God grew throughout the known world. And the book of Acts should be taken exactly like it is written. The Acts of the Apostles, which we would gather this title later on in church history. It's not ascribed a title other than what we find in verse 1 in this first book. Luke, O Theophilus, meaning this should be a second addition to the body of work by Luke the Evangelist. In other words, under the direction of the Holy Spirit of God, Acts records what the early church did to establish Christ's church. And we have some success stories, if you will, some praise reports throughout it, then you have some other things in the book of Acts where some things gone wrong. You mentioned the name Ananias and Sapphira and you quickly have this imagery of people who disobeyed God. And so the book of Acts gives it all. It shows the humanity. It lays out humanity and all its uh, good attributes and the things that are not so pleasant. It is recorded in this book. And as best we know, if we were to try to put a date upon the book itself... It was written somewhere around early 60 A.D., if not 60 A.D. itself. And it demonstrates how Christ's church was expanding to a more global faith. You know, I began to think of our work here 
as missionaries. And we are all missionaries, every single one of us, who name the name of Jesus, who have been saved, transformed, sanctified, looking one day to be glorified. We are all missionaries to some degree. And the reason that I mentioned that, according to the book of Acts, is that we as the church are to be going out and to be global. And I have heard people say, why are we going there when there's a work to do here? You ever heard that? Why do we go over here when there is a work and needs here in our own community? And the problem that I have with that is, who said that missions is an either or? Who said that we can't minister to the uttermost and to our neighbor in our backyard? Who said that there is a division and God said, you can't go there, there is work to do here. And the first person that says that yet again, I expect you to take up the mantle on the people who are hurting and in need here. There's work to be do, to do here. Well, head it up. God has called us on mission. And if the early church got it, why can't we? Why can't we? And so, yes, this is a demonstration of Christ's church that is expanding to a more global le uh, level. In fact, uh, this isn't just Jewish faith anymore. And in fact, I believe it represents what God had in store for humanity since the very beginning. And that would be that he would, he would offer salvation and redemption to all people. It showcased more of what God had in store for humanity. Now that being said, the Lord was in the business of redemption. He's always been in the business of redemption. This included Jew and Gentile alike. Now you might think, be thinking to yourself, you know, preacher, I like an outline of the book. Do you have an outline available? Well, I will tell you this. You might have an outline in your Bible, but I am not supplying an extensive outline for this book today. And I will tell you why. Because I have an offering for you today of a scriptural outline. And I believe that scripture interprets scripture. Amen? And so if I was reading Acts and I was looking for a framework, if I was looking for an outline of the book, the book of Acts gives you an outline. And this is what I mean. If you were to just go down, chapter 1, 8 verses in, according to our English Bibles, here is the outline of the book of Acts. The book of Acts, your outline is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And everything will fit into this framework. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So not only are we called to our Jerusalem, farm life, but we're also called to the ends of the earth and wherever that will lead us and everything in between. That is the outline of the book of Acts, and you can frame every selection according to this outline. Now, being that the book of Acts seems to end abruptly, it is implied that Luke has said what he's needed to say. The work of the Apostle Paul, according to the, to the Jews, if you will, has, has been complete, and, and it seems to be 
that it is, and it ends abruptly, but it is as if the uttermost parts of the world distribution of the gospel, the very end of Acts, was well underway. Now, of course, Paul's ministry, I would be remiss to mention uh, Paul's missionary journeys uh, throughout the book after his conversion, Acts chapter 9. And we find his missionary journeys and his locations that might look something like this. This might be a little bit of an outline for you if you want something to hold on to as far as his missionary journeys. We see in chapters 16, 20, 21, and 27, these are Paul's missionary journeys. Troas to Philippi, Philippi to Troas, to Miletus, Miletus to Jerusalem, uh, via through Caesarea, and then Caesarea to Rome. Now, I'm going to leave that up there if you're jotting that down. If not, I can get that to you later on. So we'll leave that up there for just a few moments as we talk about things that are in the book of Acts. Okay? So if you're writing these down, hopefully I'm not speaking too fast for you. If I am, you can always go back and listen to the sermon later on in the week. Okay? Or just ask me at the end of the service. Now there are many of different themes that you will find and the purposes that are found in this book. Now you might be looking for some themes and there are many, many themes in the book of Acts. And so if I was looking for some things to hang my hat on as far as thematic content, there is a theme of holistic evangelism. What I mean by holistic evangelism is a full-orbed evangelism. That's why we see in Acts chapter 1 this outline from Jerusalem all the way to the ends of the earth. There is this holistic evangelism. And we find also, secondly, there is a defense or an apologetic of Jesus as Messiah. So there is a defense that Jesus was indeed the Christ, the anointed one, addressing a Jewish audience saying he was the anointed one. He is the Christ. He is the one who came and you crucified him. And so there is this defense of Jesus as Messiah and the movement of what is called the way, which is the primitive title that Christians had before they were called Christians, the way. There are theological concerns that are raised throughout the book. Obviously, there are supernatural elements towards the kingdom, kingdom growth. There is a highlighted or heightened view of the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And I promise you this, if you'll hang with me through this series of the book of Acts, there are a few things that I promise will happen. Okay, under the authority of Scripture, there will be a, couple of, a few things that will happen. It kind of sounds like an infomercial for the book of Acts. But here's some things I, I promise, if you hang in there and if you are attentive, first... You will, have a, you will have and develop a deeper appreciation for the early church. You will have a deeper appreciation for the early, the early church and what they went through, what God brought this church through to establish the church as we see it today. Secondly, you will be strengthened in your faith in Jesus who demonstrated in the book of Acts that no matter what obstacles stand in the way of the church, that Jesus Christ will win the day. Amen? 
no matter what obstacles stand in the way, the book of Acts highlights that Christ will win the day. And even as I say that, I reflect on Jesus' words to the apostle uh, Peter who said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And so, Christ will win the day. Thirdly, you will understand our worth and our unworthiness simultaneously. Doesn't mean we'll fully understand that, because I, I have a difficult time understanding my worth of who I am in Jesus, and at the same time trying to balance that with my own unworthiness simultaneously. In reference to Christ and his plans for his kingdom, somehow my worth and my unworthiness fit within God's, God's plan. And I don't know how that all works. And so we will look at some of that and try to understand that a little better as we, as we press through. In fact, this tension between our worth in Jesus and our unworthiness, you could ask questions like, what am I doing here? Lord, what brought me to this place? God, you have brought me here. You think of, of, of this past year and think about it just briefly. Where God, through 2022, brought you through all the ups and downs. And to bring you here this morning to be able to celebrate Jesus. Why, what am I doing here? What makes, what makes me worth standing behind this wooden cross pulpit here? What, what makes us worthy to even hear? What makes us worthy to sit in, in, the, in the pew? And what makes us worthy? What am I doing here? And so there's a tension between my worth and my unworthiness. And you might even ask, you know, the early church seemed to be so in tune with the Spirit of God, and how can I be like that? How can I be like the early church in tune with the Holy Spirit of God? And, and I, I can answer that for you at the onset, if you want, um, to the degree... <laughs> Of the early church. Uh, I can try to answer that for you. Um, how can I be like that? How can I be like the apostles? Well, it very, very simply, you can't. You might say, what do you mean, preacher? I can't. Well, number one, we're not apostles. We're not apostles. Apostles are dead and gone. We're his disciples. But but God has left us everything. We're not going to go over to ECU Hospital we're not going to walk down the halls and our shadow is going to be cast in a room and people are going to rise up and be healed. Okay, we are not apostles, but God has left us a great work that falls under this framework of evangelism and outreach and missions. And he has given us everything that we need to grow in our faith and strength and has given that he has given us through the work of God by the work of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ himself. Now, can we learn from the early church? Absolutely, that's what we hope to do. Can we grow by the, the demonstration and the history? Yes, we can. And I hope and pray that we will. But we're not apostles. We're disciples of Jesus. We have everything we need right here. We don't need anything else. And so we'll talk about the miracles in the Bible. We'll talk about the purpose of the miracles in the Bible. That every miracle that ever happened, happened for a purpose. And it happened so that everything that happened through the work of the apostles would say that this is a work of God. The miracles authenticated that what was being done was a work of God. And so God has given us everything we need today to grow in Him.
The book of Acts opens by referring to Luke's gospel and all that Jesus began to do and all that he began to teach. And Acts is this, this sequel, this part two, that records God's continual plan. But how? By recording what Jesus continued to do and to teach through the Holy Spirit and to what we call the apostolic church. The resurrected, resurrected Jesus, he reminds us and reminds through the apostles and through the disciples of the promise of the Holy Spirit and commanded them to wait for his imminent coming in Jerusalem. That's what we find in chapter, chapter 1 in these first five verses. So in closing, I want to read those verses again and unpack them just a little bit for us in this introductory. A lot of this becomes uh, clear. And as I said, Scripture interprets Scripture. And so Luke 24, verse 49, and Luke chapter uh, 40, uh, 24, 44, in, in this gospel account, uh, it unpacks a lot of what, uh, what Luke is saying here. So let me read this again for us. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So, in the first book, referring obviously to the gospel account um, by the hand of Luke to Theophilus, he says, I have dealt all with what Jesus began to do and teach. It's all there in, in, in Luke's gospel part one. It's all there, what Jesus uh, was doing what he was teaching. He diligently went door to door until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. And this is yet to happen in verse 2 according to the book of Acts. So he's given us a bit of an introduction and we find that he gives this promise in Luke 24 verse 49. The Bible tells us in verse 3 that Jesus presented himself alive to them after his suffering, after his death, after he was beaten to a place of unrecognition to, to um, appear to them 40 days, speaking with them about the kingdom of God. And yes, 40 days is a significant number. Uh, 40 is a significant number in Scripture. It is a teaching, testing tool, if you will. We see it all the way back with Abraham. We see it in the children of Israel, we see it with Jesus in the uh, in the wilderness and the temptation of of Christ. We see forty is a significant number, and it is that here as well. The Lord Jesus is preparing; He is preparing His early church, His disciples, His apostles for the work that is ahead of them concerning the kingdom of God. And while staying with them in these forty days. He then ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So he, they will go and they will wait in this upper room. They will wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit, as we find in Acts chapter 2, highlighted in Acts chapter 2. They will, they will sit there and they will wait for the Lord to bring his promise to pass. And he says, well, here's some foreshadowing for you. We know that John the baptizer baptized you with water to prepare your heart for the coming of the Messiah. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And we will find this rendering in the book of Acts chapter 2, the subtitle, The Coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the apologetic for Acts? 
what is the, the foundation of the book of Acts? It is that Jesus is alive. What is the bedrock of the book of Acts? It is that Jesus is alive. The apologetic or the defense for Christianity or the way is that Jesus is alive. And it has been that way ever since Jesus rose again. So the question is, what does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to be the church? And the book of Acts will give us a little bit of the answer in this regard as we travel through. I want you to remember a couple of things. That the book is a record of what the early church did and not so much what to do. In other words, it is a descriptive book and not necessarily a prescriptive book. So if I was charting a church, let's just say for whatever reason, I wanted to raise the Larry Stevens denomination. Now you know that won't happen. But just say hypothetically, one thing that I would not do is I would not take one verse and I would not hinge my whole theology upon that one verse, especially if it come from the book of Acts. It is descriptive and it is not prescriptive. And when we come to places where there are applicable commands and there are, we will highlight them. To be the church means, number one, to be in Christ. It means you must be in Jesus. As Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Church, our church, being part of the church doesn't mean simply having your name on the church roll. And you've probably heard that example a million times. You know, you've heard it, you know, that, that church membership, being part of a church, doesn't just necessarily mean that your name is on a roll. And yes, we understand, we get that. So to be the church... The saved, the sanctified, the holy ones, the saints of God means you're in Jesus first. Then we will be at unity one with another. And this is a theme that will come up throughout the book, and that is of unity. And listen, listen friends, if there ever was a time in the history of history where the church needs to be unified and together, it is now. It is now. The world needs to see that we love each other and that we are on the same mission together. And the frivolous and small things that we might think that matter in kingdom, in, 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 in kingdom events, I guess, or the, the scheme of the kingdom might not matter as much. But what does matter is what Jesus left for His church. That you would be my witnesses all the way to the ends of the earth. There is something that will be highlighted over and over again in the book, and that, is, and that is unity. Today's challenge is simple enough. Again, this is introductory matters in these first five verses. But I want you to think about Jesus, his last physical words as he ascended to the Father. He said, you shall be my witnesses. He didn't say, well, if you want to, be my witnesses. Didn't say that, did he? Even as he left, there is a simple, this is something that you will do. If you love me, you keep my commandments, and you'll be my witnesses. The book of Acts shows how this was put into practice. Some failed, as I mentioned, Ananias and Sapphira, and, and some, you know, there's some victory that we find in the book as well. In the words of Victorian theologian 
uh, Joseph Parker, he said these words. He said, What sublime audacity, what magnificent confidence. The church has one Lord. The church has one thing to say. And that is, Christ came into the world to save sinners. Then he went out of this world to pray for his church and to sustain his service in all the stress of life and in all the anxiety of, of service. What magnificent confidence we have to say that Christ came into the world to save sinners and that proclamation saturates the book of Acts. So, in closing, let the church be the church. Let the church be the church. And what I mean by that is unified and seek to fulfill the Great Commission and seek to be on, on mission, not just here, but way out as ever, if there ever was a time to go out into the uttermost parts. I believe it is, it is now. Let the church be the church in the will of God the Father by the work of the Holy Spirit of God, by the power, uh, by the work of the Son and by the power of of the Holy Spirit of God. And maybe for us, it will look, we look at this introduction of the book of Acts and in a way be encouraged to seek to continue in the work of the Lord and not be discouraged. And in our discouragement, and sometimes ministry is discouraging, sometimes serving the Lord, as joyful as it can be, sometimes we get discouraged because we expect sometimes people to be at the same level that we're at. And in the same walk that we're, we're with, we expect people to, uh, to, to take up the mantle and run with us when they might not be there yet. And so, be encouraged, we pray for patience, and seek to continue the work of the Lord, and that we will not falter, even in our disappointments. That's what's so beautiful about the Bible. It highlights the beauty of Christ, and it also highlights the brokenness and frailty of human beings. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for your word. And as uh, we begin this journey together, I pray that we will make this commitment today to follow through. We've got the map before us. It is your word. God, that we would be encouraged by even these introductory words left by the hand of Luke, the evangelist, to, to know that our calling orders, the premise to which we go, is that Jesus Christ is alive, that he showed himself to the, to the disciples and apostles, and that they saw a risen Lord who was risen in power and authority, and then sent them out. So I pray, God, that we would have that same bedrock, that same foundation of truth, that you have sent us out. Even if we falter, even if we trip along the way, God, you have not left us. And so I pray for the one here today who is struggling to find their place in, uh, in ministry or struggling to find where you would have them serve. I pray that these words would help them, Lord, to, to know that we all have a place. We all have been given uh, these commands and these marching orders by our Lord. And that even as we fail, Lord, you're there to pick us up and walk with us through it all. Father, I pray, indeed, if there is one here who doesn't even know the Lord Jesus that I spoke of, who showed himself in power to the, to the disciples, is risen again, I pray, Lord, that 
today they would trust in the saving power of Jesus as their Savior. And Lord, I do pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.